0: I have the pleasure of introducing our first speaker, who may be familiar to many of you. Um, OJ Ahn is our first speaker and he is a graduate of the Stanford Primary Care Associate Program. He has practiced in nephrology and pediatrics and is now practicing full-time dermatology in Northern California for the last 20 years. At Stanford's PCA program, OJ has been a site visitor and proctor for many years and also presents the dermatology curriculum to the PA and MP students. OJ has also been a proctor for the national PA boards. He lectures and is a consultant for many pharmaceutical companies. OJ is currently the senior editor for Present Dermatology PA online training program. He is also serving as the chairman of industry relations for the California Dermatology Physician Assistant Society. Let's welcome OJ. Thanks. I can't believe you guys got up this early. This is awesome. Um, I'm sorry about the handouts, but I I just wanted you to have the material hot off the press so you're getting it fresh today. No, really, I just missed the deadline, so I apologize. But apparently, they're gonna put this lecture on the website, so if you need to download anything, you may, photos or whatever. Acneiform eruptions, when they asked me to do this talk, I thought, at first I thought it was going to be pretty easy. Acneiform eruptions, piece of cake, right? Um, But then I started looking at it and thinking, all the referrals we get for this kind of eruption, there's many different things to think about. But let me just show you real quick. I've got five kids, and some of you have seen this in the lectures I've done before. And um, right now I only have two kids at home. Three are out, which is a good thing, but you still have to support them. Uh, my oldest daughter, when she, she's 23, when she first moved out, I, I got a phone call in a couple of weeks after she moved out, and she goes, Dad, and I said, yeah, honey, is everything okay? And she goes, yeah, but you're not going to believe this. I have to pay for cable TV. And I was like, oh, man, and you got to pay for your power and your insurance on your car. Anyway, so there's the kids, and uh, the youngest is 10, oldest is 23, two is still at the home, so... We're almost there, folks. Maybe at some point, you know, some of you only work two or three days a week. I saw Jim, and, um, boy, I'd love to be only work two or three days a week. Right now I work uh, Monday through Friday. I start at 7 a.m. I get to see about 70 patients a day. So, you know, I'm trying to support five kids and uh, luckily I have a wonderful wife. She's an RN. She also has her uh, ET training. So she works with uh, wounds and ostomy patients. Right now she's retired. So that's a good thing. Here's where I practice in Chico. Um, This is the uh, Enloe Medical Building. We used to occupy um, on the third floor, as you can see over here. That's where we used to occupy, Dr. Richie and I. We had four exam rooms on each side, and that's where we would see patients. Now we occupy, many years later here, this second floor. This is shaped kind of like an octopus. There's another wing that goes out this way. And I've just recently moved a year and a half ago from this side here, from four exam rooms, into another wing over there to, for myself, um, about 2,700 square feet and I've got seven exam rooms. And um, you're probably wondering, gosh, how's he see that many a day? I've got four back office. And one gal is committed pretty much to just taking care of prior authorizations, calling the patients back, doing medicine refills and things like that. So um, the, the other three back office, just run with me. And basically, remember when we went through our training and you had, you had your little soap note cheat sheet card that you had and you had to do review of systems and you review the systems above the problem and below the problem, anyway, so I teach my back office, my MA's basically the same thing. So they'll do the intake, they bring the patient, ask them what the chief complaint is and go from there. Our notes are basically soap notes and they're already pre-printed so they basically follow a pattern and they just it's just repetitive and you know as well as I do in dermatology, a lot of what we do is repetitive. I mean, how many times a day do you give instructions for acne? How many times a day do you guys explain to people what acne is and that blackheads are not dirt, you know? And how many times you gotta tell them, when you rub that alcohol swab on your face and you go like this and you can see dirt on the alcohol swab, it's not dirt, you know? And so it just it's it's so repetitive, it's not even funny. So you actually, if you get a good pattern going, you know, get pre-printed scripts ready to go. Alphabetize them in a in a little um, uh, like a Tupperware box or something like that. I mean, you just have to be real efficient. You can really move through the patients if you wish to do that. Okay, acneiform eruptions. What is that? Acneiform eruptions are basically uh, eruptions or a rash on the skin that resembles acne. Okay, it's not acne. It resembles acne. Now, of course, acne is an acneiform eruption, but there are other eruptions that you're going to see on the face chest or back that will be sent to you because it's resistant to therapy or they're not quite sure what it is um, and they've already tried some acne therapies and it's not responding. So this is something that we really do. It's misdiagnosed uh, many times um, in other offices and this is what we get to see on referrals, right? Okay, so here's your list of differentials. Something we had to learn through school, through PA school and everything else was your differentials. Of course, it's probably not an all-inclusive. I um, would not put milia on there, right? The little sebaceous, tiny little sebaceous cyst you see on the skin, sebaceous hyperplasia. Sometimes we get referrals for that thinking it's resistant acne. So those aren't on there either, but I think some of the more common ones that we do get to see are on there, acne vulgaris. And, and when you guys are looking at these pictures, I like to always show a lot of photos. However, when we have a session like this, We've got about 50 minutes. We have to kind of hustle because someone's on stage after me. Um, we can't, you know, just sit here and really lavish over the slides. Um, but look at them and ask yourself when you look at these faces and chests and backs, what do you see? So, what should be there for a diagnosis and what isn't there? Like acne vulgaris, you really have to have open and closed commodos by definition, right? You can have the papal pustules, but if you have papal pustules and no open and closed commodos, I mean, you're really kind of shying away from the, the true diagnosis of acne vulgaris, common acne. Acne medicamentosa, cosmetic, I'm sure you've all have seen this and maybe you've seen it and didn't even weren't even aware that you were seeing it. So the cosmetic products they use, certain shampoos, the gels that these people are putting in their hair, the guys and the gals. I've got some guys that they, they put the gel on and they're such a hurry, they go And they've got you know gel smeared across their temples area or across the forehead because it went like that and that's what's causing their acne. Perioral dermatitis, POD, once you guys see it, I mean, can't you see it even at the supermarket or at Costco or you're out and about and you're just sitting there waiting in line and you're looking at that lady going, man, she's got POD, you feel like giving her a card, right, but you probably shouldn't because she, well, I don't, they they hit you. That's not a good thing. Rosacea, we see a lot of rosacea. Interesting, the different varieties of rosacea that we see, huh? I mean, you wouldn't always see the textbook rosacea. And how many people see ocular rosacea? That's pretty, yeah, look at it, that's pretty darn common. I mean, they estimate about, what, 50% of those rosacea patients will have ocular rosacea. Um, Folliculitis, I didn't throw any slides on there folliculitis. I imagine everybody has seen it, where you got a little pustule and a hair coming out of the middle of it, right? Folliculitis, excoriations. Have you seen that in your practice? The pickers, ah, we're all pickers at some point. But some people are just better at it than others. And those are the ones we get to see, the professional pickers. You know, the the ones that they never see uh, their problem as being something that they're doing to themselves. And then Pseudophiliculitis barbae or PFB. We've all seen that in the beard area or the back of the hair where they try to cut it really super close. They get that baby butt smooth shave and because of the haphazard hair growth, it's some hairs are growing that way, some hairs are growing this way, down, back, upwards, or they're curly Q hairs. And when they shave those bad boys down below the skin line, when they grow back out again, they're growing into the skin just like a sticker or a thorn or a foreign body. So you get that initial foreign body reaction. And they start getting all these little red bumps. And they always say, I get razor burn. And then from the red bumps, they get the red pustules. And then sometimes it just goes on from there and they get some pretty big uh, infections going on at times. So um, I've written many a note for like Safeway employees because the union requires them to be clean shaven. They're not supposed to have a beard at all. So you, hit, you write a note saying, hey, they've got a condition like this and they have to have a little you know, clean shaven beard that maybe you know, a quarter of an inch or lap. I mean, it doesn't take much of the hair, just as long as it's above the skin surface. And then the guys that are shaven back here at the nape or at the posterior scalp area, and they shave that. And um, the same thing's happening there, right? You guys have seen it. They call it acne nuclei where they get the little papule pustules all across the back of the, of the neck area there because they've been shaven so close. So the main thing to help those, obviously, is what? Not having to shave so close. Grow a little bit of a beard. Has anyone used intralesional steroid injections into those bumps to help them go down? Yeah, okay. If you're about a three milligram per ml, you're less likely to cause any kind of atrophy. But if you start going above the three milligram per ml, uh, as far as concentrations, you're gonna start to see little, little divots in the skin where you've injected. So be careful. Okay, good old acne vulgaris. So here's a nice friendly kid. This is actually a son of um, a midwife in town. Nice people, good friends. And you can see he's just happy to be there. Well, <clears throat> this poor guy, we tried him on many things. Well, first of all, they always come in the office saying, what, I've tried everything, right? And you're like, no, there's no way you tried everything, dude. But they tried everything over the counter, right? So um, you have to go through all of that, cleansing. This guy's into sports. I mean, he's just a busy kid, great kid. But we eventually had to put him on Accutane because he just wasn't responding to the typical antibiotics by my mouth the typical uh, topical therapies. I think we even hit him a couple of times with some blue light to see if we get that to kind of help out. Just couldn't get it to budge. so I don't have an after. I'm just gonna show you some befores. up on this guy, I got an after on him. Anyway, so here's another patient comes in. Uh, in our area we have all sorts of skin types. We get the fair skin types, we have skin of color, brothers and sisters of color, and um, people that are out in the sun a lot, people that are indoors a lot, a lot of heavy sports, um, hard working folks, a lot of sweating, people that work around machine oils and things like that. So they come in with different problems. But this young man, a little local uh, high school wrestler, and um, you can see there his little acne is going on. Now what's interesting, if you look at his condition, he's got a lot of papal pustules. But he only has a few of the open and closed comedo, small ones, in the typical areas where you expect to see them, but just good old acne vulgaris. Hopefully everybody has their recipe that they kind of start with for acne, hopefully. Okay, here he is after. This is just a four-weeker. And I see the acne patients back every four weeks. It seems like if you let them go longer than that, compliance really drops big time. So I try to get them back about once every four weeks. Even if some of these kids, um, if they have no insurance stuff, I just see them at no charge. Um, I'd rather do that and keep them compliant than to not see them back just because they can't pay for it. So get them back, I mean, it's only gonna take a couple of times. And you're gonna have enough patience and enough volume that seeing somebody for free every now and then I don't think is gonna make a big difference in your budget. At least it shouldn't. And that's another thing I do with some of the samples we get. Some of these kids that are basically private pay. If there's any pharmaceutical folks here, hopefully not. But that's what I use some of those samples for is, you know, I help these kids out. And then sometimes I'll, even if the parents are sitting there say, okay, bring me a report card next time. If your grades have gone up a little bit or whatever, I'll give you some more pills or whatever. It, it works out beautifully. And we have a good time. You've got to really work with these kids because, boy, oh, boy, some of them are not happy to be there. right? They're there because mom drugged them in there. So you have to kind of establish some sort of rapport so that you can get them to at least use your medicines. Okay, here's a guy, this, this guy did very well and um, you can see the open and closed commodos all across the T-Zone here. He is a um, barista at one of the local 100 Starbucks that we have in Chico. Um, no, I'm just kidding, it's not that many, it's only 16 Starbucks in Chico. But anyway, but they're everywhere, right, they're everywhere. Anyway, so he's a local barista, came in, breaking out. Um, college kid, and here he is four weeks later. Just, oh, hey, you can see it up in the open and closed commodos. Sorry, there you go. So, good old acne vulgaris. And you almost want to kind of pop those. I'm sorry, I'm, I come from an era that my mother used to use a bobby pin, and she, she would pop our pimples. I have three brothers, you guys two older than me and one younger. Of course, I have the most hair out of all of them, okay? But anyway, she would pop our pimples with a bobby pin. Does anybody remember that? Sharon does, sure. And she would get in our ears and get the ones in our ears. Oh my gosh, I thought I was just gonna come and glued. But you're cool. Oh man, okay, stop! But you, you try to be, you try to be a guy about it, but you just, yeah, man, you try to hang in there. But I just want to just pop those. And you can do that. It's called acne surgery. However, if you do acne surgery, It's billable for most insurances, but you can't bill at the same, at least I haven't been able to and get paid on it, you can't bill at the same time you're doing your office visit. So if you wanna get paid for that, I've always had to have people come back at a different visit to do the acne surgery. Has anyone had luck billing it at the same time as your office visit and getting paid for it? You had luck. What insurance did you, was it a Blue Cross, do you remember? All of them? I, you guys have, okay, well, then maybe this is just a Northern California thing. I've done that and it comes back, they still kick it out. So it's, uh, not a, it's, it's a total waste of our time. So I just try to have them come back and get them that way. You guys get through, that's awesome. First of all, everybody knew you could bill for acne surgery, right? Okay, if you didn't know, now you know, bill for it and get your reimbursements. Because I'm sure a lot of you, your pay is depending upon your production. And it's not your production you put on the books, right? It's the production you actually get back when they decide to pay us? Okay, great. So here he is, four week follow up. And all he had, I didn't put him on oral antibiotic, All he had was a topical combination product, where it was a combination retinoid type thing like that. And that's all he did. And I think that's pretty remarkable difference in just four weeks, going from that to something like this. So if they're complying, if they'll do it, if they're motivated, and you can kind of help them get motivated, um, and I think by seeing them back in four weeks, it's kind of like you're being their coach their acne coach or whatever you wanna look at it because they gotta come back and see you. When I did Weight Watchers, I had to, uh, I knew I was gonna go see somebody, you know, and I'm in a small community, and so I'm like, well, I'm not gonna go in there and say, oh, OJ, you put on three pounds, you know? You have points, man. Don't you understand what points are? You get 33 points and that's it. You know, I'm like, okay. So, you know, if you got a coach or someone who will actually sit there with you and kinda of agonize all of this, they seem to agonize with you, I mean, they're gonna be pretty compliant You gotta try, you gotta try. Okay, this gentleman, um, again we tried everything and he did clear up quite a bit but you can see that we're still struggling. He he plateaued out, we maxed out on the oral antibiotics, maxed out on the topicals. I mean, um, I try not to give them like three, four, or five things that they have to do because especially the guys, most of them won't do all those things anyway or they kind of cherry pick. I like this one today. And I think I like that one today. And then that's what they do. And then maybe tomorrow it changes. I didn't like that. It kind of made me peely. I think I'll try this one over here. And you know as well as I do, retinoids can make you peely in the beginning especially. But if you hang in there, it's kind of like working out. If you hang in there, the soreness goes away. You're able to kind of climb the stairs a little bit without getting, you know, short of breath. And so the same thing with the, with acne patients, if they'll just hang in there. But this gentleman is another Accutane patient. Okay, so all the treatments we've kind of been alluding to verbally, um, we'll put them up on the slide so you can kind of see. Now, if I've left someone out, I apologize. I'm just, we're trying to keep this very fair balance. I sat through an hour um, presentation on the phone the other day about compliance as a lecturer in this environment that we're in now with the different compliance with pharmaceutical companies. And they're actually going, the FDA, they're actually going after the lecturers now if they're not on course. So I'm trying to keep things very fair and balanced, which I think is a good thing, right? No one's supporting me to be here other than the SDPA. So we can talk, I guess, fairly, freely, right, Sharon? Okay, good. (laughs) But I try to put up here, so retinoids, I mean, gosh, 20 years or so ago when I started, all we had as a retinoid was Retin-A. That's all we had. And there was about five different flavors of Retin-A back then. We had three creams, two gels, And there's a sixth one, a lot of you probably aren't aware of, it's a liquid. Retin-A liquid, 0.05%. So you could use that like across the back, so you just like, like you're washing a window. Remember, wax on, wax off. Anyway, (laughs) you gotta do your patient education. Anyway, okay, so there's the 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 retinoids, tretinoin, and there's the different flavors or the different uh, brands, adapalene, the different brand there, and uh, tazeratine. That should be a jump off point for most of us for acne vulgaris to break down the blackheads, get the skin to clear up. And it actually makes the skin feel nice and smooth. So if you're on a retinoid, i would used retinoids for about 12 years because I had horrible acne and I had horrible acne scarring. I think it really helped repair my skin. It feels a lot nicer. My mom thought it was nice. So moms are never wrong, right? Thanks mom. And then benzoyl peroxides. I think a lot of us still use BPOs. They're very helpful. Just have to be careful to warn the patients about bleaching. I've had some phone calls over the years requesting that I pay for a shirt or a blouse or a pillowcase because I forgot to warn them that that product may bleach out that item. I've only paid for one thing. Okay, it was a pair of jeans. And I said, all right, man, I mean, this person was just busting my chops. So I was like, in your small community, you want to really keep the peace. So I paid for that, but the rest of them was like, you're kidding me. It probably even then the pharmacist or someone probably told you that. Well, yeah, but you didn't. I was like, okay. (laughs) So please warn them that benzyl peroxides can bleach. And then again, there's the different players in the benzyl peroxide. Again, if I left someone off, I apologize. Okay. Inflammatory, so that was non-inflammatory acne, right? Non-inflammatory. Then we move into the inflammatory, grade two to grade, grade three, grade four, right in, right in that area there. Again, you don't, um, this is how I explain to the patients. When they come in, if we've just started with a retinoid and we have to add because they come in and their problem's gotten worse, I say, it's just like this. Remember in California when we had, remember in Northern California we had those fires? They're like, yeah. I said, and the firemen went running out there? Yeah. And they brought more firemen in? Yeah but they weren't enough and the flames were just still blazing everywhere, yeah. Well, then you bring in the bore bombers, right, the helicopters and the airplanes. And that's the same thing we're doing with our acne. We start off with our, our ground crew, so to speak. Now things are have not gotten any better or they've actually gotten worse. Let's say it's a six-month follow-up and they were doing great on just topical retinoids and maybe a little benzoyl peroxide wash, but now they come in and they're inflammatory, they got papule pustules everywhere. Maybe now the chest and back are involved. So at that point, you're gonna add to your your, uh, regimen. So you keep the retinoids and the the BPO's going. Uh, You might add another topical. Um, More topical antibiotics are available and you can see all the different flavors there. Um, The axone's a new player on the market. Um, I've tried that and I think there have been some, just like any medicine, right? There are some that seems to help. There are some that come back and like, it didn't help. But you know what I always wonder? The ones that come back and say it didn't help, did they really use it, right? Especially the boys. Remember, I raised uh, two boys, two aged boys. And sometimes they're not always, they always tell you they did everything. Clean your room, yep. Do your homework, yep. Uh, wash my car, okay, okay. So now you know they're telling the truth. He, he, he hesitated on that one. But anyway, so you never know if they really used it, but I think it was helpful in some of those inflammatory cases. It helped reduce some of the redness. And then the combo products, which I love. Because in the past we were giving people prescriptions uh, for one and then two items and then three items. So then you have three copays, three things to put on their skin. So compliance was an issue, cost was an issue. So now with these combo products, I love them. I really think it's a good thing. Um, the rebate cards that they issue now too are awesome. Um, the newest player on the block is the Epiduo, right? And I don't know if some of you probably received a card that you get to give the patient the first tube free. So that was a good thing. Um, I, like, I think the combo products are a good idea. If they could get a product with one more item in there, right, just one more item, have a three combo product, that'd be awesome. What do you think it would be? What do you think, what would you put in? If you could do a three product, three item product, what would it be? A retinoid, a BPO, and yeah, wouldn't that be cool? What if someone's working on that. We'll see. Okay, so the combo products. So inflammatory, oh, I'm not done yet though. How about the oral antibiotics? We all have our favorites. Remember in school, we had to learn um, the whole list of uh, oral contraceptives, but what our instructors tell us or our preceptors told us, ah, just learn two or three that you're gonna use all the time. You don't need to know that whole list because you're not gonna use them all, right? So you just learned about two or three. And I found it to be true with the antibiotics. I know they're all available, but you probably have in your area what works best for you. So um, another good example of that would be Staph aureus, MRSA. Maybe in your area, the sensitivities come out one direction and maybe sulfur or septra is not a good drug in your area, but in our area it works. And so does tetracycline. So, it's just whatever's working in your area, you gotta find that niche. You gotta have patients back so you can find out what's going on. And keep in mind, just because they don't come back, doesn't mean you scored a touchdown, right? Doesn't mean you really, hey, they didn't come back, awesome, I'm cool. It could be because they didn't like you. maybe your treatments didn't work well, your treatments were irritating, um, whatever. Maybe they didn't come back for other reasons other than the fact that they're clear. So, I like to always see them back, make sure things are going well. But there's the kind of the, the potpourri of antibiotics, right? tetracycline remember uh, when I started 20 years ago or so we were getting tetracycline by the thousand thousand um, pills per bottle we were buying them out of Mexico because we were dispensing out of our office and um, gosh the quality control was pretty tough because we found that some people were doing well with it others weren't some were and then that one that wasn't next the next shipment would do better so we started seeing a pattern that those pills weren't real. Reliable. Someone, some company, I can't remember if it was McKesson or one of those guys, started um, some sort of investigation. They found out on average, the the pills on average were 500 milligrams per pill. But some pills were 400 milligrams. Some pills were 725 milligrams per capsule. I mean, it really varied in the the strength of those capsules, incredible. So we stopped dispensing out <laughs> of the office for a while and definitely stopped dispensing tetracycline. But that's really all we had. And then as time came on, see I'm an old guy, I've been around here for a while for this. Then as time went on, then we got the doxycyclines, metacyclines, which are what, better tolerated. You can use a little lower dosage. I was on tetracycline myself for over eight years. Four years of high school and through college. and. It's incredible. I mean, they just kept refilling it and refilling it. And I was a lay person, I just kept taking it, taking it. So I was taking 1,000 milligrams of tetracycline every day. So the newer, um, the newer tetracyclines, I like them because they're just a little easier to take for the, for the kids. Um, the new sub-antimicrobial dose of doxy, the ratio's out there, the extended release uh, minocyclines out there. Erythromycin still works every now and then. They take it orally. It still works every now and then. And if you're working with an insurance company to get prior authorization for maybe one of the better oral medications, they're gonna make you jump through the hoops and erythromycin is one of the ones you gotta jump through the hoop with, right? And septra sometimes is another one of the hoops they want you to jump through too. And believe it or not, that still works every now and then. But I just, I get real fearful of that sulfur reaction that they can have, the allergic reaction. If any of you have seen um, Stevens Johnson, it's not good. One patient died uh, from Stevens-Johnson. So I'm, I'm like really like, whoa. And it wasn't even my patient. It was a hospital consult. They went there, and this person was just covered. And we actually um, flew them down from Chico down to uh, UCSF, and they treated her like a burn patient. I mean, she was that bad off and didn't make it. And I just from that point on, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to use sulfas very much orally. Maybe I'm just a crazy cat. So anyway, okay. Then you got the recalcitrant nodular cystic acne, which we still have oral isotretinoin. Thank God, um, great medicine. And I think um, most of us now, with the eye program and everything, probably do a really good job making sure that the female patients are taken care of ahead of time before you start, and then we're just really pounding away at them through their whole treatment. Do you guys do the eye pledge? Um, you guys have your MAs do it. Do you do it yourselves? Do it yourselves. Oh, you're just scratching, MA, okay, you're just scratching. Okay, great. And then there's the players. Accu- Accutane's still available, believe it or not. And then Amnestine, Sotrac, Clarivus. Okay, acne cosmetica. I mean, I think sometimes we see this, we don't even think about it. So I just, hopefully this morning, we're just getting you to think about things like that. So when you look at something like this, you can see on the forehead, You've. one of the clues I think I've seen over time is the lack of open and closed commodos. Look at her skin. I mean, she's gorgeous. There's really no open and closed commodos. And they have these almost monomorphic, the bumps that almost like they've been cloned. They kind of look like each other when you see that up there, right? And there's just like a multitude of them across the forehead with, a, with not much going on everywhere else. But hers was from her cosmetics. We changed her cosmetics out. And I gotta say the mineral makeups I think are, are much better. Would you guys agree? Anybody having problems with mineral makeups? We're good? Uh-oh, some doing this. Masa manos? Okay. So you just gotta keep playing with it. Water-based and oil-free, typically is how we go, right? So try to play with it. I mean, but when you see that, at least think about it. Entertain the idea. Find out what they're doing. Find out how they're putting their hairspray on or their gels, their mousses, you know, bed head, all that kind of stuff that they use to, to rock and roll. Here's another kid. His was, again, cosmetics. And he was just putting a lotion on his face. He thought he needed a lotion, and his mom was saying, you gotta put lotion on your face. So we took away the lotion, and his, I'd say 98% of his bumps just went away, just by taking away his lotion he was putting on. He didn't have dry skin. But look at this kid, good looking kid, look at this. Where's the open and closed commodos? But he's got an acneiform eruption. So what if you have a patient come in and they've got an eruption on their face and you're looking at them going, oh man, remember that lecture, is this acne vulgaris, is it POD, is it whatever? You can also, it's okay to put on your chart as a diagnosis as what? Acneiform (laughs) eruption. Remember, they call that the working diagnosis. See, there's your easy way out. Okay, in our area, for a while it seemed like there was a big rush on um, people coming in with um, acne, from steroid use, anabolic steroids. And the big clue to me is kind of a a sudden eruption. Um, And you can see from the male here, let me show you the next photo, it might be a little blurry, but he's just got this great V. I mean, this is, I'm kind of envious. he's got this great V. Um, He was just looking real muscular. You can see up here, I mean, he's just really working out well, getting things looking good. And he just came in and when on history you start talking to he goes, Yeah, it was almost like I woke up one day and bam, I had all this I had all this acne all over me. And so I was like, Oh man, this guy's pretty muscular, we just start talking. But you have to sometimes kinda of sneak in those questions about roids right? So, how, God, you're looking pretty good, looking pretty strong, buff, dude, you've got some good guns, and you start getting in there and using their slang, and then next thing you start talking, what's your routine, you know? How many times a day do you shower? Because some of these guys shower a lot. Some of these guys do what, too? They're also shaving, right? Because the hair detracts from how cut they can look, okay? <laughs> I'll leave the jacket on, you yeah. Anyway, so... Um, Come to find out, yep, he was doing roids. But you know, he's like, hey man, don't say anything. I'm not not here, I'm not a cop. I'm not here to bust you, dude. I just wanna make you better. And so how are you gonna make this better? Gotta get them off the roids. Topical antibiotics, right? You can use some topical clindamycin, topical erythromycin, oral antibiotics are somewhat helpful. But it just seems that what works the best, gotta get them off the roids. Has anyone ever treated this type of patient? Steroid-induced, yeah, tough, very tough. Would you go to Accutane? Nah, (laughs) I mean, I I wouldn't, just because it's a self-induced thing. Gotta get them off the roids. Okay, iatrogenic acneiform eruptions. And you just saw one of them, anabolic steroids on the bottom, that's an iatrogenic acneiform eruption. Iatros, Greek term, iatros, healer, physician, Okay, doctor kind of person. Gen or genic is uh, kind of the byproduct. And so this is something we do or we've given them that can actually make them break out. So different medicines, even um, hormonal contraceptives, right? I mean, even though some patients are very aware that the um, birth control pill can help their acne, if you look at all the package inserts of all the different pills that are out there for birth control, what's one of the potential side effects? Acne. How about the depot injection? Do you guys see the acne with that quite a bit? Yeah, me too. And so that's, that's definitely an iatrogenic acneiform eruption. Um, some anticonvulsants, prednisone, I'm sure we've all at some point seen some prednisone acne, either on asthmatics or someone who's on just long-term prednisone. I've not seen the antabuse, at least maybe not that I've been aware of, but supposedly that has a potential side effect of causing an acneiform eruption um, thyroid preparations. The only ones I've seen cause problem were the generic forms of some of the thyroid preps. And then, of course, the steroids. Ah, this is, this is a fun one. I really like it because you know why? These people are really unhappy and they're pretty miserable um, and they're usually doing all the wrong things, but they think they're doing all the right things, right? They're putting, because they think they're real dry, so they're putting greasy kind of emollient preparations on their face. Some people were putting Neosporin on their face. Uh, They may have already gone to a walk-in clinic or primary care, and they were given something uh, that was a steroid in nature because, um, as I hear from the ER docs, they always tease me when they call and they ask me questions about, or they, can you see this patient for me? Then they'll tease me and say, hey OJ, is the rule still the same? And I say, what's that? He's like, well, if it's dry, wet it, and if it's wet, Dry it. I'm like, um, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's still the same. So anyway, and so the same thing here. If they think they see redness in the skin, what are they going to give them? Steroids. Exactly. But then what's their favorite steroid of choice most of the time? Lotrazone. Exactly. Lotrazone, trimacinolone, and fluosinonide. Those are three biggies that I see that are given, and they're all fluorinated. Steroids. So if you look at the package insert and you look at the molecule, you'll see the they're halogenated. They have a fluorine molecule off to of the side. All fluorinated or halogenated um, steroids really have a huge potential of causing acneiform eruptions, huge, and a lot of striae and, and thinning of the skin. Because that's what gives them that extra punch. They halogenated. They <sighs> Here we go. Okay, and that's what makes it so kind of um, no fun for the skin. So here we go, POD, I mean, you guys probably saw that even in the very back of the room, because it's that typical white ring around the lips. And I gotta say, those are nice lips. I don't think we can inject anything to make those look any better than that, right? But anyway, but we see this. They, they, they see the peeling, they think they're dry, so they're putting gooey stuff on it. And then they see the bumps, they think they have pimples or acne, so they're using scrubs, rubbing alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, hot water, Right? Am I? Am I ringing a bell here? Maybe shaking their head. I, I think this is just so common, and I just sit and listen to them tell me everything they're doing because they want to tell you. Let me tell you what I've been doing for this. Sure, cheek. You know, go ahead. And then they just and then let them rattle off because if you don't let them get it out, and you're about ready to put your hand on the door, now they still want to tell you the story. Right? It all started back in this log cabin. No, no. And then we're trained to also ask what? At the end of our visit, what are we supposed to ask them? Is there anything else? Very good. Some new grads. Thank you. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, is there anything else? And then they're like, oh, I'm glad you asked. You know, you're already behind 15 minutes. You know, sure, there's a lot of things on this list. Let's see, Johnny needs new shoes. Anyway, so the perioral dermatitis, you can really see that. It does stand out. Again, lacking open and closed comedos. So this is not acne vulgaris, okay? Um, Gender, typically we see POD typically in females. And as far as the cause of POD, we're not really sure yet, right? But I wonder, and I think a lot of people are, is there a hormonal component to this? Could be. And it could be why we're seeing it more gender oriented towards the females and not males. However, I do, but lack of time, but I do have some slides of males um, that have had POD. So I thought, oh my gosh, this is a rare thing. It's like finding a buck tooth mallard. You're gonna get a picture of it, right? So I was like, hey, stay right here, I'm gonna get a photo. So how, what's your favorite choice of treating uh, POD? Well, first of all, find out what they're on. Here's another good one, look at this. Now this one was on fluosinonide. You know, it just, which is Lydex. Remember the old Lydex, man? Just cooking this face, man. I mean, doesn't it seem like you could just, if you got close enough, hey, I can, hey, I hear it sizzling, ma. You know? I mean, that bad boy's, um, hot. And so, okay, so here we go. POD, treatment. Review their hygiene. How are they cleaning? Are they scrubbing? Are they using hot water? Loofahs, buff puffs? I mean, um, what are these people doing? Are they using masks? Are they using alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acid? Are they going and getting in facials at the local uh, day spas or something like that? It seems like everybody nowadays has a friend. Who, I have a friend who works in the spa, and you know, <laughs> and they and they've given me this, this, and this. I mean, it just seems like we have a lot of that out there, and so you've got to review the hygiene, because of course, in that environment, their everything they have fixes this problem, right? Oh, and you gotta do this three-step program, and we know that three steps, there's two more steps you gotta do with this stuff, and before you know it, they've got a lot of stuff, and it hasn't helped them a whole lot. I had some person putting, uh, they were using diaper wipes on their face, thinking, well, if I can use that on a area down here on a child, it must be good for my, or safe for my face. So they were using diaper wipes on their face. Um, Another product called C-Veggie, which was some, something, and it was not good. Um, I mean, it's itchy sometimes for these folks. or are real itchy. So I've had people putting lanocaine on it. It's just weird what people are putting on their skin, right? I had one person that they thought they had um, a bacterial infection and, and bugs and, you know, those patients. Man, oh, man, you can definitely sit down on those. But anyway, he was using Tylex on his arms to kill the infection. I mean, my gosh, you saw this lady's face, right? His arms were just oh, bright red. I mean, they were, you'd be like, oh man, you could feel the heat, right? You ever had a sunburn, you could feel the heat? Ah, just testing you, sunburn, not a good thing in here. Okay, so there you go, so there's a good old POD. So we are gonna review their hygiene and avoid trigger factors. And it's amazing that a lot of the trigger factors for POD are very similar to the trigger factors for? Rosacea, yeah. So many anyway, fluoride-containing compounds. And they always talk about the fluoride in their toothpaste. I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it, you know what? Over the years, I've actually seen it become... I actually see that, and I believe it now, that fluoride in toothpaste does add to the problem of POD. So I talk to them about brushing their teeth, and I say, you probably don't brush your teeth and let the foam run out like... I do, but, you know, and they always do. You know they do, like, oh, no. But if you happen to let something spill out, you got to get it off of there because the fluoride could irritate your skin. Oh, thanks for telling me. Anyway, so it's the fluoride-containing products, uh, greasy or ointment products. Like I said, the neosporins, polysporins, anything they put on their skin because they're dry. Okay, you definitely want to get them off that stuff. Um, caffeine, alcohol, hot foods, hot beverages, spicy foods seem to be another problem that flare them up. Um, Being exposed to some sunlight, heat seems to sometimes flare them up. So see if they're taking hot showers. And I've seen hot showers aggravate acne over the years too. So now I believe that hot showers aggravate acne, especially on the chest and back. So hot showers, hot water, they want to do, they just want to burn it off there. What's funny to me is that it's already burning. We're gonna, we're gonna match burning with burning, you know? I don't understand it, but they seem to do that. Any substance that dilates the dermal blood vessels is gonna aggravate it. So if they drink wine and it aggravates the condition, don't drink wine. Remember the old adage, hey doc, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. Okay? If they drinking wine and aggravating it with that, don't do that. Hey, if you don't know where Chico is, Chico, California, it's the home of Sierra Nevada Brewery. <laughs> Usually I get claps, man. The people are just giving me their cards. Send me a case. But anyway, so there's a lot of beers. When well, I'm bring up beer for some people is definitely a trigger factor that makes their skin go, oh. And then use gentle cleansers, no scrubbing, no al- rubbing alcohol, no buff puffs, no loofahs. Um, try to get them to use something really mild. I'm sure a lot of you have probably employed uh into your practice, right? Or CeraVe. Have you guys tried the CeraVe cleanser? They got a cleanser out, liquid cleanser, that's nice. Um, Aquanil is another one out there that's a very nice soap free cleanser. Some people just plain old, a little bit, just water at first for a few days is probably just nice and get them to back off a little bit. You may have to start on a, on a, a steroid regimen topically where you're weaning them off their stronger steroid. Because it seems like when you pull these people off on the facial rashes like that, and you pull them off their steroid that they're using, the fluorinated, halogenated ones, they get a rebound. It actually gets worse. And now they're calling you mad because you took away the cream that seemed to be helping somewhat, and now they're worse. So in their mind, because you're not an MD, you're a PA, you don't know what you're doing. Right? So, oh man, you know what you're doing? Look at my face is worse. And so you have to just, you know, okay, we knew it was gonna happen. What didn't you tell me? So don't even get into that. Just go ahead and get them on a lower potency steroid and wean them down so they don't get that rebound. Okay, because eventually you're gonna want them off the topical steroids. And then oral antibiotics, like for example, that one that was real red that you saw, that would be a great one to just start right off the bat, wean them off their steroids, get them on oral antibiotic and just talk to them about all the trigger factors, cleansing, and everything else. But this is basically, I do a little bit of that, then I say, okay, Sherry, my MA, whatever, they're gonna go ahead and go over the rest of it. We have handouts already pre-printed. We buy a lot, or I do, I buy a lot of the AAD um, handouts, the brochures. And so that works out real well, because then they go home with something to remember you by, because oftentimes they forget you. Even the name like OJ, you think they'd remember that. And they don't. For a while, they were calling me that Judge Ito guy. You know, remember who Judge Ito was? He was on the OJ Simpson trial, and they called me Judge Ito. I was like, I think it was that Judge Ito guy. I didn't call it. I'm not that heavy. Golly. Anyway, it's just this weird. It's just funny. People are just funny. Okay, Rosacea. Another one we get to see. You guys, this is bank for us. I'm not kidding, this is bank. I know we have aspects of our profession that some people focus more on the aesthetics. That's awesome, we need that. Just like in dermatology, you have some dermatologists who focus on aesthetics, focus on surgery, and then focus on pediatrics, or focus on meat and potato dermatology, right? And we're gonna have that same fractionation here in our organization, it's already happening. So those naysayers out there that think that, oh, if we just kind of put our foot down, it's not gonna happen, they're wrong, right? When I started 20-some years ago, it was just me, Joe Monroe. I didn't even know anybody else that was out there doing Derm PA stuff. So I mean, you know, we're old guys, so we've been around for a while, but it's it's lovely to see things grow. But with the rosacea, um, this is bank. You're gonna see, if you don't see a lot of it, you should. I'd say out of my 70 that I see every day, about half, so about 30 or so, are gonna be acne patients, acneiform eruption patients, or rosacea patients. It's just phenomenal. And so um, it, it's good, it's bank, it's, it's reliable income. So while people and their aesthetics are slowing down a little bit because maybe people are holding off on spending that extra cash on some extra Botox or whatever, they're still coming in for that facial rash, huh? Or the psoriasis, or their eczema, the warts. Anyway, so here we go. This guy, um, right in cheek, I mean, this is, he's a lovely guy. He kind of looks grumpy. When I walked in the room for the first time, I thought, oh, man. So, you know, you put on the, hey, I'm a PA. I'm going to see you today. Is that okay? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and he was not impressed. He still just gives me his look. But that's just the way he is, he, and that's okay. He's a great guy, very nice man, very trusting. I thought I was going to have a trust issue, but it was not a problem. And I basically put him on, I hope I can say this, I just put him on the, um, sub-antimicrobial dose of doxycycline, one a day, and topical metronidazole, 1%. I didn't didn't mention any names, that was a good thing, huh? And um, here he is a month later. So what's interesting is um, the medicines work, they really do. But just like I was talking about like the Weight Watchers and things, you really have to kind of prepare people what their journey is gonna be over the next four weeks. I tried doing that with my kids and we drove one time from Chico to Disneyland. That's like a nine hour trip that seems like 24 hours. I mean, it's just incredible. The kids, you're in the car for 30 minutes and what's the first question they ask you? Are we there yet? Exactly. And the same thing with the patient with a face rash. They wanna get there like yesterday, but you gotta prep them. If you kinda give them a little what's up in the beginning, what's gonna happen, that's a good thing. So I always kinda tell them something like, hey, you know what, this, you know, Gosh, Frank, you really have a, a, a really good breakout going on. I mean, I'm glad you came in. The treatments are going to work, but they're kind of like, they're kind of like being on a long on ramp to a freeway. You're, you know, you can see, you're going to get there, but it's going to take you a little longer. That's all. So just hang in there, okay? So he did. He hung in there. He's, like I say, he's a very trusting man, did his treatment. He was very happy. You can tell by the look on his face. Look at his eyes, they're a little more open. He's actually smiling, hey, I'm happy, my face is better. He didn't, you couldn't tell, but I think he was happier that his face was better than him. He wasn't all pussy and everything else. And he's still on uh, maintenance therapy. He's still using his topical metronidazole once a day. And then he uses that doxy every now and then. So we, we kind of pulse therapy it. Okay, treatments for rosacea. Again, all the topical uh, players are still out there. I think all of you in your area where you're from, you're going to have your own recipe. Because some of these products are a little more drying than others. Or people will tell you that they think it's drying. You may use it yourself and think, ah, I don't think it's drying. What are you, what are you talking about? But you don't say that. It's inside, right? You say, what are you talking about? But you don't say that. But it could be drying. Or like, for example, in our area, Nortate Cream um, is one of the cr- creams that works well when in the wintertime. And then back when Metro Cream was around, we were using that one too. I mean, so in our area in the wintertime especially, the creams were a little less drying. So we were able to get people to tolerate the creams. But in the warmer months, the gels are really nice. And as they've come out with the um, the aqueous or the water based gels, those are good too, right? Um, topical azelaic acid, the Finacea, is available. The sodium sulfacetamide and sulfur. I gotta tell you, these are that, that's an old preparation. I mean, that's like thinking uh, tie-dye T-shirts, bell-bottom pants. You're all giving me stares like, "What is that? How about eight-track tapes?" <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> you graduated when I did. Awesome. Because now, I mean, eight-track tapes don't no even the kids don't even know what that is. They don't they don't, know what that, are, they don't know what that are at all. Period. Cassettes maybe. They know vinyls because those are collectibles. throw <laughs> foam, frisbees. Now they're collectibles. And then um, just the topical sulfacetamide. So those are all still available, and I think very effective. So if you don't have this kind of these things in your mind of other things you can use, hopefully today this has just kind of broadened your armamentarium a little bit. Things to think about: what else you can do than what you've been doing. Oral antibiotics. It's the same thing. They're all the same players like you had for the acne, right? Start off with the tetracycline-based ones, and you get your doxy and the metacyclines, erythromycin, all these seem to work a little bit for everyone. The one thing that I um, learned even years ago was about the Flagyl, you know, take an oral metronidazole for rosacea for those really recalcitrant cases. I, um, have I tried it once or twice? I think I did, I think it worked out okay. But I think now I'm a little more comfortable using um, a short course of Accutane in an older gentleman or something like that, that I am putting them on the Flagyl. Does anybody have that experience? They may use a lot of Oral Flagyl, Oral Metronidazole? Yeah, it, but it's apparently there and I think it does help a little bit I was, uh, in the research. It's used more often in Europe though than it is here. Definitely a lot more often in Europe. Okay, here's your favorite patient. Here's uh, 10 minutes to five. Or for me, it's 10 minutes to 6, and you're trying to get out the door, and here's your last patient of the day with that little, I think I've got acne. What makes you think i got acne? Well, I can feel bumps, and I let them have it. I get them right off of there. They come off pretty easy. They do? Yeah. Look. <laughs> like, yeah, so did the rest of your skin. And so excoriations, did I put another one in there? No. Oh, that was my finale. You don't to see that. Anyway, so with excoriations, it's just amazing how these people don't think they're picking or scratching. So I don't use those terms much anymore. I use the term uh, manipulating or you're up here checking things out. With the younger kids, I call it pimple patrol. I think we've all at one time been on pimple patrol. I've seen a couple of you in here this morning already listening to me. You're like this going... You are, I'm not kidding I was going to point you out But then I thought I better not Anyway, pimple patrol And then they start picking They feel a little defect And it's like, I don't know what it is We have this fixation We've got to have what? Really smooth skin So all of a sudden And you get this so you can't just tell them, hey, I think you're kind of crazy. You're just picking yourself to death because they're not going to believe you. They're oh, you're not a DMD. I'm out of here. And they won't come back. So you just have to just kind of listen to their story. Then I always ask them, I say, okay, before it gets like this, though, what are you feeling? What do you see? Oh, you can't see it. You can't see it? Nope. But I can feel it. Okay, they can feel it, so that's a tough one, right? Haven't you guys had excoriated patients? They got the butterfly sign in the back, they got this thing down in here, they're picking their arms here. That's a tough case, because you're really dealing with, some people would say you're dealing with nothing. So how do you treat someone who has nothing? Well, now they have something, right? It's a secondary lesion. They've created something, and they can get secondary infections, so I'm always monitoring that. You know what, you guys, I'm not sure about your area, but I get about three um, three to five staph infections every week now, and I'd probably say half of those are MRSA positive. Luckily, they're a community-acquired MRSA. I've not seen the hospital resistance where you know you, your sensitivity back and all those R's are there. It's mostly S's right now, which is a good thing. But boy, it just sure seems like in the last couple of years, staph has gone up. I don't know if you've noticed that. Okay. But anyway, so I'll put them on some uh, topical antibiotic therapy to kind of um, reduce the chance of infection. Sometimes it's just sitting and listening to them. You can see the age of the patient. Some of these people just love to come in and talk, and that's okay. As you can tell, I like to talk. And so I'll just sit there, and sometimes you just sit there and listen and talk to them, and what's been happening? Oh, my son doesn't come visit me. You know, and before you know it, you can kind of see what's happening. They're kind of anxious. There's an anxiety component to this, right? And they just kind of start worrying themselves, and they do this, and then they say, you know, they're digging in and mining for gold. And then last but not least, I get some interesting characters. I've got some more great slides of piercings where you would never think piercings should be. And uh, But this guy had tattoos kind of everywhere and even tattooed on the inside of his lip brutal. So I thought that's a good way to end this lecture. You know, acneiform eruptions, they may seem brutal, but if you just kind of take it step by step, ask yourself, what do I see or what I don't see, and then just start going down your path of diagnosis, you can get there and you can pick the right treatments. But is that brutal or what? I've never had a tattoo, but I can't imagine tattooing the inside of my lip. That would be brutal. Any questions? You need tricks. Yes, ma'am. Spironolactone, you know what? I'm glad you asked, I forgot to add that on there. Spironolactone, especially in the acne vulgaris category, um, it's real helpful, I like it. Um, I start them out at 100 milligrams a day. Some people do 50 for a week or two, then go to 100. But I've just found that starting at 100, I've not had a problem side effect wise. And I just have them take the 100 milligram tablet, boom, once a day. It's helped out, I'd probably say, 90% of the time. It's amazing. And so um, how many of you all do an ultrasound to check for PCOS? Every now and then? Yeah, very good, especially if they seem a little resistant or if you start seeing some of the extra little facial hair here or here or they just, I mean, they just don't, something doesn't seem right. Or a thyroid problem. I had another um, gal, she had a thyroid issue, and that's why she was breaking out more and having a hard time treating her. But spironolactone, love it. And at that dosage, 100 a day, we don't seem to have a diuretic effect and worry about the potassium, although do I give them the warnings? Absolutely, about the potassium. Yeah, perfect. Yes, sir, Jim. Oh, O.J., is this on okay? Yeah, uh, I use a fair amount of biologics in my practice. I see a lot of psoriasis, and you mentioned immunosuppressants associated with acneiform-type eruptions. Have you found any of the TNF inhibitors as an immunosuppressant associated with acne and some of the acne-prone patients? I have a few younger patients on TNFs that just can't seem to control their acne. seems to be escalating. Yeah. I, have you I, seen that? That's a great Has question. anyone else seen that? I, um, I see a lot of psoriasis too and use a lot of, um, can I just say biologics or Enbrel, those kind. I've not seen a big increase in that kind of a problem. However, I do have two patients that every time I started them on it, they broke out with staph infections. I mean, I culture them, they were proven staph infections. Took them off the biologics, staph infection went away. So I've seen that. I've not seen a, a big acne problem with the biologics. Anyone else with biologics? Another another quick question. It has to do with uh, demodex, with your mm -hmm. uh, demodicidosis. And Mm -hmm. uh, do you think it's real? And if so, how do you treat it? I I think it's real. Um, Over the years, you know, I've been playing with oil glands and squeezing noses and taking my slide and scraping that oil off of their nose and go running on the microscope. And sure enough, uh, you can find demodex, especially with those big honkers. Uh oh, uh oh. You just go and get some on your slide, you're ready to roll, and you'll probably find a Demodex or two. I guess the question is, I think everybody probably has Demodex on them every day, and we aren't necessarily breaking out. Just Just like tinea versicolor. All of us have that same yeast organism on us all the time, but we aren't walking around all of us with tinea versicolor. So there must be a trigger factor or some sort of mechanism that allows us to be all of a sudden more susceptible, like to a TV infection, right? And there may be something to that Demodex. I, I, I do. I believe that there's some patients that that's a problem with. Because you do see some, like Dr. Baikowski. I've seen some of his lectures where he has shown some slides before and afters, treating um, Demodex, what he thinks is a Demodex flare up on the face. And um, sure enough, he gets improvement. What, I think he uses Eurax, doesn't he? Has anyone else seen his lectures? Eurax? Yeah, Eurax. And that's also a great anti itch. Yeah, anti prick. Oop, that's off label. Sorry. Off label. Yes, sir. Or are we over here? This is a matter. Go okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Jay, have you ever tried um, azithromycin 250 uh, three times a week for acne? What's also, that? Uh, azithromycin 250. Do you use Z-Pax? Uh, not z but the, uh, the generic 250 three times a week and also uh, ampicillin 500 uh, BID. Second line, but... And I
1: don't know, know, is this treating acne, acne or rosacea?
0: For acne. Wow, awesome. So, and you get great results? Uh, I've only had uh, two patients on it, but there's some Italian group that, that found that... Um, the 250 of these ethyminison three times a weekly. Yeah, do you We're like involved. Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, instead of every other day because if you do every other day, they start losing track of what, which day was it. Yeah. Yeah. So and again, months. I think we need the responsibility of the bacteria uh, overgrowth and resistance. So great alternative though because some of these acne cases you get right are just like you're gonna pull your hair out. Yes, ma'am. Do you have any experience with or any thoughts on the real value of treating acne with photodynamic therapy with or without aminolavulinic acid? We do. Um, Way back when they were trying to take the, uh, remember the the, um, Kerastick that was for the AKs? Well, they were trying to develop it for the acne and rosacea and all that. So they came into Chico, because we see the volume, so they brought a machine in and said, hey, let's try it up here and see what you guys think. Um, Just like anything else, there's some people, it's a home run. They just do so wonderful with it, either with the ALA or without the ALA. I've seen some really great results. Better results with the ALA, but it just brings up the price, obviously. But no, seen some great results with it. But the problem is, and maybe it's just in our hands, the consistency doesn't seem to be there. And in our area, um, some insurances now are starting to become less and less involved in wanting to reimburse for that. So we charge, um, gosh, almost 800 bucks a pop for that stuff. And they need about four or five treatments. So you're looking at, you know, three grand Mm -hmm. or thereabouts. Is that your experience too? Uh, Yeah, very inconsistent enough where I hesitate to recommend it to folks. There you go. A great alternative, though, for someone you you want to put on Accutane, but for whatever reason you can't. Maybe that's a good avenue to go down. Yes, ma'am. You mentioned that you check, um, you get ultrasounds in female patients with acne. Um, Do you ever check hormone levels, DHEAS or free testosterone? I do, yeah, I do a total testosterone, free testosterone, the DHEAS, absolutely. And then I don't do the ultrasound on all of them, but on the ones that maybe have some symptoms with real hard periods or um, just those kinds of things that make you kind of suspicious, and again, the hair, is another clue, like under here. Do you, do you ever check FSH or LH on your female patients? I do, but by the time if I'm starting to think of those, I'm actually calling my, I got a, a buddy who's ob Jim, Dr. Mellon, Scott Mellon, he's great. We just start discussing it, and sometimes I just say, you know what, OJ, why don't you send him over here? And Sure, it's a great referral. Anything else? Am I pretty much on time? Thank you, I was going to say thank you, Chica, but thank you, San Francisco.